Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast. And now, good morning, amigo. Back here on Good Morning Amigo, final segment of the program. Called up north to my my brother from another. Love his perspective, just because it's uh, it's another perspective, and I know that he doesn't bullshit me on any level. So I'm gonna get it straight from him. He would like that's no reason for there to be BS. He's gonna tell me like it is, and I like to know how it is, like it is. So the only man to get that from is Sid Rosenberg. Joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. What's up, Sid? Hey, Larry. How you doing down there, buddy? Okay? I'm doing good. How's day one of phase one? Well, listen, I mean, phase one is, is nothing, obviously. It's construction jobs, manufacturing jobs, retail, curbside pickup, which we've got already. The best news about phase one is that now we're closer to phase two and phase three, which is what we really should do today. Enough of this uh, slow roll and different phases the whole country's just opened up. It should have opened up a month ago. I told you this a month ago. Uh, we've been wasting our time and being lied to about numbers and figures. I mean, I've got relatives down in Florida telling me, hey, the numbers are, are up. They're not up, you dummies. They're <laughs> up because they test more. They test more. The numbers are up. I want, right, I want to hear about percentages <laughs> of people getting the virus and dying, which are way, way down. So right. it is phase one in New York. And, again, the only good news about that is that we're closer to phase two and phase three because phase one means nothing. I'm standing outside Madison Square Garden, 80 degrees and sunny, beautiful day. There's about 10 people on the street. Or down is about 1,000. Sid, I saw you got a little angry at the NBA the other day. And I wanted a little clarification. I wanted to try to understand it. Because I'm currently, as far as I'm concerned, as far as sporting leagues and players who play in leagues, I'm a little upset at baseball right now. Uh, that's the one I'm really pissed off at. But I wanted to get your take on basketball. I'm agnostic. I'm one way or the other. But I was interested because you were so passionate about it. I was like, hmm, got to hear this. What, what are you, why are you angry at them? Well, there's three things. Uh, first of all, I can't stand LeBron James. I, I really can't stand him. I used to like LeBron when he played uh, in Miami. He came down there. He wasn't, you know, he had the same girlfriend. I mean, I, I doubt he's faithful to her, but I don't know one way or the other. But he's had the same wife, and he's not a druggie, not in gangs and all those things. And so, you know, we, we, we put him in a, in a different position than a lot of the guys that we got used to, and uh, I liked him. But uh, he needs to shut up. I, I hate to say it. I, I understand that he's going to tell me, you know, Sid, you shut up, and I got to keep talking because millions of people listen. And he's right. Millions of people do listen. So when all this thing goes down, all I said was, hey, LeBron James, you know, when he comes out and tweets last week, why doesn't America love us too? I wanted to punch him across the face. So you mean the millions and millions and millions of little white kids who wear your stupid Cavalier jersey, your stupid Heat jersey, your stupid Laker jersey, millions more white kids wear his uniforms and black kids. So those kids don't love you? LeBron, what are you talking about? Why do they love us too? So he gets involved in these situations. He's ignorant, doesn't know statistics, doesn't know facts, and he dives right in. And he does, for whatever it's worth, have a legion of people that love him, revere him, look up to him. And instead of giving out a message of love and hope, which is, hey, listen, what happened in Minneapolis was terrible. But the truth is the numbers don't tell us that there's systematic racism in the police departments. They're out there every day trying to protect us. Let's figure out a way to get people together and fix this. And instead, LeBron James has got a big mouth. Doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, and he continues to anger me. Now, also, my buddy is Grant Napier. He spent the last 32 years as the yes. voice of the Sacramento Kings in the NBA. We talked. You about got this him. creep, the Marcus Cousins. He's a creep who, who, who tweeted 
uh, Grant Napier with the purpose of getting Grant into trouble. Uh, when Grant replied, hey, DeMarcus, I miss you where you've been. All lives matter. I'm sure Grant thought that was okay. I thought it was okay. And he got fired. You know, listen, folks, you think black lives matter more than all lives matter? You're a racist. That's the bottom line. Saying all lives matter is not racism. That's perfect. They all matter. Black, white, Asian, it doesn't matter. When you start to place more importance on blacks and everybody else, that's the racism. Not all lives matter. So now you got LeBron James on his big mouth. Grant Napier gets fired for saying the right thing. And, oh, by the way, the NBA is in bed with the country that unleashed this virus on the whole world, China. So there's a lot of things about the NBA, including more players I can't stand uh, that voice or opinions last week during all this George Floyd stuff. I just I've had enough. You know, I, I want to watch uh, good basketball. I want to watch guys go out there and play. But you've got a lot of guys with a big voice in that league that are ignorant. And uh, all they do is promote more divide and more hate. And I can't stand that. It drives me nuts. Similarly, we're talking to Sid Rosenberg here on Good Morning Amigo. One of the things that has stood out to me in all of this, uh, you know that I always try to not say things. And, you know, I lean more a left, more to the left than you are. But I don't not see your points. And, and in a lot, of, a lot of occasions, I just keep to myself what I think. So a lot of people perceive one way. They don't really know what's going on in my head. One of the things that bugs me is the notion of perhaps agreeing with some of the points that are being made, and then when you disagree with either uh, defunding the police or you disagree with that it has to be a riot, not a peaceful protest, I, you know, I, I think a peaceful protest is fine. I, I have a problem with a riot. So, so all of a sudden, I, you know, I become a bad person because I don't like the violent part of that. Like, no, I, I you know, I, I, well, I, I think it's, no, a, it's listen, a double you're, standard you're, you're, that you're, you're, sucks. There, there is a double standard. It's not really about the rioting. It's about if you disagree with LeBron James or any one of the other, or Oprah Winfrey, who has a two-day special that starts tomorrow night, which is she talks to all black people about systematic racism, which, by the way, is racism in itself. People don't understand that racism goes both ways, right? Whites are racist, that cop in Minneapolis was a racist, and blacks are racist. Uh, but the point is, if you disagree with some of these folks, these liberals, and specifically in this conversation, some of these black liberals, then you're no good. I mean, for Drew Brees, who I love dearly, and I know Drew personally, guy gave $5 million to the city of New Orleans for the COVID crisis. He gives more money to more big causes than anybody that I've seen play football in many, many years. He's a lovely guy. For him to come out and have to apologize for saying, I would never kneel during the national anthem. I love that song. Both my grandfathers died in the war. He's got to apologize because... Malcolm Jenkins got upset. Or LeBron James got upset. It's nauseating. I feel the same as that way Drew Brees did in his initial comments. It is disrespectful. 100%. And that's why Colin Kaepernick did it. Listen, the only way your protest becomes effective is if you piss people off or else nobody cares. Colin Kaepernick knew, even though Nate Boyer gave him the idea, a white military guy to deal, he knew it would ruffle some feathers. And it has. And as I, as I said last week, I have had a, a soldier in my studio with Bernard who lost both his arms and both his legs in Afghanistan. And he said, I'll tell you what, Sid. He goes, you know what? When I was in that lonely cave in Afghanistan before I was nearly killed, I felt like I was home when I heard the national anthem. And I say to folks, isn't that enough right there? If only one soldier says that, only one, and there's hundreds and thousands that feel the same exact way, but if only one says that, isn't that enough to say that kneeling for national anthem is disrespectful? No one ever answers me, of course. Well, you're wrong. I mean, that's why they did the song. And they go to war for our freedom. Yes, they do. They go to war. You, you, you can get on a knee during the national anthem. You're not going to go to jail. You're not breaking any, any laws. But it's just, it's not right. If you're so upset about police brutality in this country, 
Get Colin Kaepernick and 100 guys and stand in front of one Penn Plaza police precinct tomorrow morning and yell and scream from there. There's no reason to kneel during a song, whether it's one soldier, 50 soldiers, or 50,000 soldiers that love that song and, think, and thinks it means more than just a song. Why upset them? And they can never answer that question, ever. Sid Rosenberg joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. Do you understand why I'm pissed at baseball right now? Or do you disagree well, yeah, with me? I mean, baseball, yeah, no, no. I, I hate baseball, too. you got billionaire owners fighting with millionaire players. And, you know, for what it's worth, there's a segment of our population that wants baseball back, just like after 9-11. It does provide some semblance of normalcy. And these players should understand that. And, you know, if you're Bryce Harper and you're set to make $30 million this year, now you're going to make $4 million this year, uh, go back to work. There's 42 million people, now 39 million people out of work in this country. Folks that can't afford to put food on their table. No one feels badly for a baseball player that has to collect $2 million instead of $10 million. And they really are coming off lousy here. The owners are coming off lousy. The players are coming off lousy. I don't want baseball anyway. I told you this before. I don't want an asterisk before the season. My Mets will win this whole thing, and no one's going to care about it. I don't really want it. Bring it back in 2021. Give me 162 games when the stats count and then the standings count. I could do without it. But the way they're going about this, the billionaire owners and the millionaire players, is so disgusting when you consider the amount of people who are out of work in this country and struggling to put food on their plates. Nobody wants to hear from Blake Snell or Max Scherzer or Bryce Harper or even Pete Alonso. Nobody cares. You're playing a kid's game. You get way too much money to begin with. Suck it up. Play a couple of months for a prorated salary. Whatever they want to offer you, just take it. Make America happy and come back next year and make you hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Baseball is awful during this time doing what they're doing. Well, the, the message is awful because how many small businesses have, have been affected by this, right? And I tell people, every person, every Major League Baseball player, if they were to consider themselves a small business... Uh, tell me that there aren't 800 small business owners that would love to be part of a group that tells them, listen, this year you're going to break even, but we're going to save your business and your profits are going to continue to be the same moving forward, that they wouldn't be signing up. Where do I sign up? Because there's a lot of businesses that have had to go out of business. Now, baseball players are a business that don't have to go out of business because once they get back to normal, they'll be playing baseball again. But what kind of public sentiment can you be promoting by taking the position that you're taking when all the other sports are, like, dying to get back on the field? It just seems uh, very contrived. It is bad, and, and that's why I put up a, a message on Twitter Saturday morning. You go back and see it, so you know I'm not lying to you. Look at my timeline. Early Saturday morning, at Sid Rosenberg on Twitter. I ripped Major League Baseball for what you and I just talked about. I ripped the NBA for what you and I just talked about. And I ripped the Football League for Drew Brees for that ridiculous apology, which is not sincere. Never should have done it. Uh, Roger Goodell, who was just a complete joke, he goes out and admits, listen, if not for black people, we wouldn't have an NFL. He's right. 90% of the league is black, so that means you're going to kowtow and pander and whatever they say you're going you're gonna to agree with. Colin mm -hmm. Kaepernick, it's okay that Colin Kaepernick showed up to practice one day for the 49ers wearing a pair of socks with pigs dressed as cops. You know, I was on uh, our friend Tony Collada Huge show the other day down in Miami, and his buddy there, AC, is on the air with him. And, and, and Omar Kelly from the Miami Herald sent me a tweet on Saturday which said, Sid, no matter what you think, Colin Kaepernick is the modern-day Martin Luther King. I go, really? He's the modern-day Martin Luther King. You think Martin Luther King would walk outside with a pair of socks on? With, with, with pigs dressed as cops, or, or Martin Luther King would go down to Miami for a Dolphin tryout and wear, and wear a pro-Castro T-shirt. You think Martin Luther King would do that? The fact that Omar Kelly and these folks are okay comparing Colin Kaepernick to Martin Luther King really goes to show you, A, how ignorant people are today, B, how stupid people are today, and C, how they're just longing for a hero. Colin Kaepernick is, is a joke. 
He did it because his girlfriend wanted him to do it, and he's had a couple of hateful appearances along the way. So you combine that, him, Goodell, and Drew Brees. Right now, there's not one sport outside of hockey I want to watch. The NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, you can have it. They've all become political messes. They've all become loudmouths and jerks. They're, a lot of them are ignorant and stupid, and I don't need it. I, I've been perfectly okay the last couple of months without sports. I've missed it. I'm not going to lie. I've missed it, but my life is fine. You know what I'm saying? I've got a job. My wife is okay. My kids are okay. I find a way to keep myself busy. You can have it. it it's gone from where sports was a complete escape to now sports. is like watching MSNBC. No thanks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. I, I have noticed one thing, and that is that uh, there's some disarray in New York from the mayor down to the police department and some stuff going on. I wanted to get your thoughts on, on that. I know you've been pretty vocal about it, but uh, there's some stuff going down, and I wanted to get your take on it. Well, we don't know yet. Uh, a lot of rumors that I did tweet last night about a possible resignation from the police commissioner, chief of detectives, up and down the line. Look, this, there's no, uh, this is no secret. The, uh, the men and women in blue in this city hate Bill de Blasio, the mayor. Uh, he has uh, been, A, the worst mayor in the, in the history of the city, but also a guy that has, has turned his back on the cops time and time again, has been critical of the cops time and time again, and uh, does not take the cops' backs, which for the mayor is ridiculous. That, that's his number one job. The governor is no better, by the way, sitting up there in Albany and Buffalo, New York, miles and miles away, hundreds of miles away from New York City. He also is quick to blame the cops. You've got a governor in this state and a mayor in this state that don't back the cops. They back the rioters. They back the protesters. They're proud of these kids. They really sound like, like, like communists and morons, and they bash the cops. So uh, the cops are very upset. That I know for a fact. There were some rumors some guys are about to resign last night. Uh, that has not happened as of today, but I can't tell you whether that's going to happen or not, but I can tell you this. To a man, the men and women in blue in this city, which 99.99% are great people and wake up every morning to protect us, they can't stand the mayor and or the governor, and neither can I. Um. That's what seems to be the sentiment. And, of course, my only perspective, unfortunately, uh, my family's moved to Jersey, kind of. So it's what I really see on Twitter that I, that I get to learn from. But I've also noticed that, you know, day in, day out, the governor is in front of a camera and he's speaking. And I know that there's days he takes a bludgeoning and then there's days he's the most loved guy in America. Um I don't know. Is, 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 is there a problem with him? I think he's done a good job, but sometimes he said blah, blah when he could have just nah, said blah. No, no, no. He's, he's, he's done a terrible job. Look, the fact is you've got a lot of people on the streets here in New York City. Right across the street here at the Hotel Pennsylvania, they are criminals. Uh, Andrew Cuomo introduced the criminal bail reform where criminals get out. I mean, you can go out last week and you can break windows and steal televisions because you knew full well, based upon Governor Cuomo's bill, you were getting out the very next day. So we've got criminals all over walking the streets of New York City that the governor's bill will not have these people stay in jail. That, that is as bad as it gets. He also made the uh, brilliant decision to put sick people back in nursing homes and 6,000 elderly people died here in New York. Uh, he's also, like I said, back the rioters and the antifas and the, and the antagonizers and, and not the cops. So uh, there was a time about a month and a half ago where even people like me were like, wow, this guy sounds presidential. He actually, uh, I, mean, I hate to admit this, but I'm starting to like the guy a little bit. But that was gone maybe five, six weeks ago. Now, most people, uh, I know Republicans and conservatives hate his guts, and I think some Democrats too. So uh, he is more liked than de Blasio, but what is that really saying? I mean, de Blasio is the most hated politician in my lifetime in 53 years on this planet. But Andrew Cuomo is running a close second. Don't kid yourself. A lot of people up here have turned their backs on him, and deservedly so. 
Are people in New York getting frustrated? I mean, obviously, all over the country, this situation with COVID has had a lot of people, you know, up in arms, so to speak. But New York did have the highest concentration of cases. And, and I think New Yorkers serve more time in quarantine than anybody in any city in America. Uh, my question is, could that kind of lend to some of the stuff that's escalated, whether it's the, the not-so-peaceful protesting and some of the situations, including, you know, uh, I guess we saw what happened over the weekend with habeas corpus in New York as well. Yeah, and I don't think so. I know people are talking about people being cooped up and just they couldn't wait to get out and cause some havoc. I think that, you know, a lot of these folks that caused uh, the majority of this damage were paid. People like George Soros and Antifa and, and had nothing to do with the COVID in New York City. They were just waiting and waiting and waiting for the next opportunity, and the death of George Floyd provided that. I mean, people are frustrated here. There's no doubt about it. Depends where you live. I live on the Upper West Side. These people are still wearing masks outside. They look like idiots. You know, they're still biting, buying into the whole thing. I, mean, I said six weeks ago this thing was over, and it was. You know, 150 deaths in the city. You can't shut down a, a, an economy in New York City for 150 deaths. I'm sorry. Like I said over and over again, keep the old people inside. Keep the vulnerable people inside. Let, let, let's go back to work. That should have been the case two months ago. Now nobody dies. They went from, I mean, they went from, you know, let, let's try to limit the amount of deaths. Now there are zero deaths. And we're still not fully open here in New York City, which makes absolutely no sense. So, you know, look, I think people are frustrated. Uh, I think people are ready to get back to work. I think people want to resume their uh, their normal lives. And uh, hopefully we get to that real soon. Phase one is not good enough. Brother, I, uh, I keep telling you I miss you, man. And as we get more normal, the day that I have to go back to New York, it gets closer and closer. I don't think it'll be in the summer. I think it'll be a few months still. But last time I missed you, I think we just got busy. Uh, for sure, next time I, I plan on seeing you, and hopefully we can talk again. We, you come on just about every week with me, and I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for the perspective, because it seemed like there was a little chaos going on, and uh, I, I certainly was like, wow, I want to get Sid's perspective on this. Uh, and I well, appreciate you know the what, Larry, the, you know, the, the mob has taken over America, and there's a lot of white people that, uh, I don't know if it's because they feel guilty that they're white or they're pandering, or they just they don't want to get people angry. I don't know, but you know, I'm telling you the truth, that it was, it was a shame that George Floyd died. Uh, I've had enough of it already. It's been two weeks already, whatever it is. Guy, you know, he, he was murdered. It was a horrible thing. I don't care if all four of those cops got the electric chair, but to burn down our country and to have all these, you know, yelling and screaming, and I want reparations, and I want this, and I want that over the death of George Floyd, when last year the, the actual statistic is 10, just 10 unarmed black people were killed by cops. 10, not 500, not 1,000, not a million. You would think thousands of people get murdered every day in this city uh, all across the country by cops. It is such a joke. Look at the statistics. They are what they are. Ten got killed last week by uh, last year by cops. Let's stop the nonsense and everybody move on. Find a way to get along. Fine. You want to have political meetings. You want to have the uh, pastors sit with political leaders. I'm all fine with all of that. But stop lying. Stop exaggerating. Stop setting our cities on fire. Because the truth is, there is zero evidence of systematic racism anywhere in this country. And I got to say that because if I don't, you're going to believe MSNBC and CNN and Channel Two and Channel Ten and all the folks out there that are pandering right now to a cause that shouldn't really exist. Yes, and that's the one thing that concerns me is the message that we're getting from our media. That does that does resonate in my head, for what anything could, what anyone could ever feel about anyone who's at the head, at the helm here uh, at the United in the United States. The one thing that he does speak many many truths about is that 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 media is so dastardly. They're weird, 
and I don't I don't like the message they're conveying. I, I like to kind of see. Well, it they're for not myself. weird. They're they're evil. They're, they're, yeah. they have, they're, they're evil. They have one one plan in mind, and that is to get Joe Biden in office in November. And whether people have to die from a from a uh, virus or there's a Great Depression because of an economic shutdown, uh, whether they have to promote a, a cause like this, which again is being completely exaggerated, they'll do any of that stuff, any of that any of that stuff to make sure that our country's in chaos and Donald Trump doesn't win again in November. I will tell them this. They tried the same thing in 1968, and the law and order president, Richard Nixon, won, and Donald Trump's going to win again. So they can continue their nonsense every day, the media and all the racists in this country, but Donald Trump is going to win again. Write that down right now. I'm writing it down, and we'll talk again sometime next week. I hope you stay safe, brother, but of course you stay safe. You're the man, okay. bro. I love you, bro. I love you more, Larry and Millian. Keep up the great work. You're doing a tremendous job. I love you. Thank you. Thank you so much, my brother. I'll talk soon. Sid Rosenberg joining us here. On the show, I love having him on, Frank. He's really candid, man. It's just, you know, it, and, and I touched on so many things, and I'm not going to tell you how many I agreed, how many disagreed. I'm going to tell you I agreed with a lot more than what I disagreed with.